And we are joined now by the wonderful Reka Sharma. Reka, how are you today? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for being on the show. I truly do appreciate it. We have lots of fun stuff to talk about today. Um, Obviously, Transplant has been a tremendous success, and we're going to get to that in a second. But before we get there, kind of give us an idea. Where is the acting origin story for you? How did you get into it? Why did you want to become someone who works in this business? What was the launching point for you? These are great questions. Um, it started in elementary school. Um, I always knew that I wanted to be an artist. I started off with drawing and and painting. And, um, one day there was an audition in school for, (laughs) for the school play. And, you know, I just kind of watched everybody and the teachers are like, you sure you don't want to try? You keep watching. I was like, let me try. And then I ended up booking in the lead parts and, and um, I discovered something about myself that I didn't know. And it felt so fun and alive. And so I just kept doing it, but I didn't, you asked, you know, what made me decide to go into this industry. And it was actually like weighing the two. I was like, if I become a painter, it's probably super likely that I'm going to starve But if I become an actor, I see that there are actors that are actually paying their bills, like making their rent money. So maybe I should do that. (laughs) And of course, it's super hard, but. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Given the two options. I mean, hey, when it's between definitely starving and only maybe starving, maybe starving sounds better. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Early on in your acting career, we're going to take it back a little bit. We're going to go back to 2004. You had the opportunity to be on what some would call one of the greatest medical dramas of all time in house. Mm. Uh, Take us back a little bit, kind of share your experiences from being on house. It was a great experience. Um, As you know, it's a, it's, you know, especially for the time that it came out, it was really like another level of what could be done on television, which is more commonly done on television now, but in terms Mm -hmm. of like more of a filmic quality of performance. So I got, you know, direction um, from Brian Singer. uh, That was you know, something that I hadn't heard before. It was a different feel and it was exciting. It was really exciting. After House, you got to be on one of my favorite television series of all time, Smallville. Uh, You had seven episodes on Smallville where, let's be honest, you just delivered bad news over and over and over again. That was basically your job on Smallville was to tell people that they were dead or dying. Uh, (laughs) take us back to smallville uh what do you now now now, you smallville was filmed in canada correct it was yeah in vancouver so take us back to smallville any memories from the show yeah i mean it's funny because you know (laughs) one of the main producers i think he was an exec just his name is escaping me right now. He called me the angel of death. Because <laughs> that's like, what you did. He said exactly what you just said right now. So you're absolutely on point. He's like, 
when we need somebody to deliver really bad news, we think of you. You're so kind. And, you know, it was like, you have to deliver this awful news. And it was so great because at some point I also started doing um, some more like baddie roles. And I started to be kind of perceived as this like villainous type. So it was so great. I was like, I'm a nice person. (laughs) They still think I'm a nice person. (laughs) This is good. Hey, I'm not saying the Smallville actors felt this way, but I feel like when you showed up on set, they were like, oh my gosh, who, who's dying today? (laughs) Yeah, pretty pretty much. Everyone was lovely on that set. It was, it was a really nice experience. Yeah. Every actor, I, I would imagine, um, one of their goals is to be a part of of something, right? And whatever mm-hmm. that something is, it can pop up in different fashions. It can happen multiple times. It could never happen at all. You had a chance to be on Battlestar Galactica, which for some people is nothing. And for other people, it is everything. Talk to me a little bit about what it was like to be a part of a show where the following is such a cult following because Battlestar Galactica, if you're in, you're in with that show. So kind of walk me through that experience. Is is it different being a part of a show that has such a committed fan base as Battlestar not only did, but still does today? Absolutely. Um, It's funny. You say for some people it's nothing. And then some people it's everything. And for me, I thought it was going to be nothing, and it turned into everything. I had no idea what I was walking into. I started to get an inkling in the audition process because it was so um, special. It was so exceptional. I was like, I think there's something really special happening on this show. And I get there, and I'm working with Mary McDonald, and, you know. Right. <laughs> I had no idea what I was walking into. I was like, oh, my friend Grace is on this show. Sounds kind of cheesy. Um, <laughs> but they pay. Then, they pay money, so I'm here. I'm here. That's what it is. And then it turned into, like, the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my career, in my personal life. Um, the fan base, as you're talking about, is, well, they're smart because they, they know good stuff. <laughs> they no, they, they really, really do. Yeah. A couple of years ago, Yellow Jackets happens. And this, this is a, a prime example. And this happens a lot in the last, you know, four or five years. You have these shows that kind of come out of nowhere. Obviously, mm-hmm. networks, you know, position shows that they think are going to be successful. But I would argue that more often than not, some of the biggest shows on streamers the last four or five years are shows that... Yeah, obviously they're there. People thought they were going to be good, but they weren't the ones that, you know, they were being positioned in the minds of the executives as this is going to be the one. And I think that Yellow Jackets was an example of that. It had a great premise. Obviously, they thought the show was going to be successful, but it took on a life of its own. So walk me kind of through what it was like to be involved with a show as it was blowing up and that maybe people didn't think it was going to go there. Well, it's very exciting when that sort of thing happens. I'll say that, to say the least. You know, when I read the the pilot, I was thrilled. The writing is so exceptional. 
the creators on the show are just wildly talented. And so I wanted to be a part of it from the moment I read it. What I didn't expect was when I got to set was the cast that they had. Mm-hmm. Star studded <laughs> icons of our industry were the people that I got to work with. And I was like, okay, I'm not the only one who noticed it was well-written clearly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had a feeling it was going to be big based on who they got for it, but you still never know. You have no yeah. idea how something's going to strike. And it just hit so hard. And it just, it was thrilling to see the reception. I was so happy also for all of these incredible young women who were so talented and getting the the attention that they deserve, you know, propelling themselves into their careers. And, and some of my dear friends who were on the show too, you know, just being like, yay, we're all getting seen. We're all getting a shot to be a part of this show that we're so thrilled to be a part of, like just artistically. And then, yay, the people <laughs> like it. <laughs> Now, not everyone has an opportunity to, um, we're, we're going to say this nicely, have their demise come <laughs> on a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that like as an actor? Because obviously, and maybe maybe it's just me, I feel like my initial thought would be, no, 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 we don't, we don't have to do that yet. We we can wait. There's there's more here, right? Like there's more yeah. stories. You don't want to lose the role you don't want to lose the opportunity but at the same time i think from a creative stance you can look at things sometimes and be like that's a pretty cool way to go that's a pretty cool way to wrap up that story it makes sense walk me through what your thought process was like when did you find out the end was coming for your character um and what did you think of how they did it um I have all of the thoughts that you just made. <laughs> all of them. You put it perfectly. Um, <laughs> have you been an actor? <laughs> you know, exactly what's going on in my head. Um, but yeah, I found out quite late. Uh, you okay. know, being that I was, spoiler alert, chained to a bed for quite some time in mm-hmm. a bunker. I had my suspicions. And right. so I kept asking them, like, guys, where this where's this go? Does it end well? Does it and they kept saying, <laughs> we just don't know. We just don't know. We're we're still working it out. And I think it was like to you know, second to last episode that I was in, they were like, Okay, we've decided. And they were very kind. It was so great because sometimes you find out by reading it, mm. which is the worst way to find out that you're being let go. You know, right, right. And um, they were smart about it. They they called okay. and they said, "Look, it's not personal. We love you. We just think this needs to happen for the story." And I get it. I it's part of it. Disagree. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I personally think that it would have been better to have this person that she screwed over lingering around mm-hmm. in the background. Maybe she tried to kill me, but it didn't work. And I walked away because I think it added more 
tension, but that's my personal opinion. But again, <laughs> when, when it when it comes to storytelling, I mean, it's always because you never know, right? You never know where stories go. You never know how long a show is going to be on. And once you kill somebody off a show, unless you are Marvel and you can go back and screw with time or Star Trek or, or yeah. Star Trek, yeah, they're gone. So you lose the option to circle back and do the do potentially those things. So you're right. It's if you leave it ambiguous and that person's just kind of out there, out of sight, out of mind, you could revisit it. Obviously, in this situation, not so much. And yeah. that brings us to where we are now and why you are here. Transplant. We are wrapping up season three. The season three finale is happening on February 9th, which is very exciting. And then obviously we have a season four coming up after that. Talk to us a little bit. When did Transplant first kind of come on your radar? When did you hear about it? What was the audition process like for you? Mm. Um, I actually first heard about it when I was shooting a very funny Christmas movie in New York and it was like, you know, I was shooting on set and had to like throw together this very quick audition in my hotel room and did what I could with the time that I had and then didn't hear anything. And uh, maybe about a month later, so that was through my US reps. And then a month later, Canadian reps were like, hey, can you audition for this role? I was like, I already did. Um <laughs> Um, Fair. Hello. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, and uh but it was it was the main casting director who is now um Emmy award winning mm -hmm. uh casting directors they are superb and they actually put in notes about the tone of the show that I I had no idea I'd never heard of the show and so once I saw those notes, I said to my Canadian rep, I said, you know what? I didn't have this information about the feel of the show when I did it the first time. Let me just redo it and send it in now that I know this other stuff. And that is a testament to the importance of an excellent casting director. And, you know, no offense to whoever was casting in the U.S., but... <laughs> but these guys are amazing. <laughs> and um, that made the difference, just understanding the tone and they responded well and on it went from there. But you bring up such a great point because a hundred different actors can mm -hmm. read uh, the description of, you know, female doctor and they can yeah. have a little description of the hospital and there can be a hundred different interpretations of it. Yeah. And they're clearly looking for something specific. So why not just tell you what it is? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead of playing the guessing game. Yeah. Yeah. So your character on Transplant replaced another character. Uh, talk to me a little bit about both angles, right? Because there's the fan angle of we knew this character. We were invested in this character. We love this character. They're gone. So now that's the on-screen, your character coming in and kind of replacing it. But there's also the the actor side of it. There was yeah. another human there who worked on the show, who had relationships on and off set with people. And now you're kind of coming in replacing them. Is it different coming into a, se a series when the series is already off the ground and running? And now mm -hmm. you're like the new kid in school kind of vibe? 
Um, is that like, is there a hesitancy there? Or is it just one of those, listen, we're, we're all professionals. Come on in and let's just do our thing. Um, I think it is the the former that, you know, there is the, I'm the new kid in school. Everybody knows everybody. They've got their, you know, history together. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully that's perfect for my character. And I, and I really kind of went with that and, and um, you know, I chose actually to not watch much of the first two seasons. I, I like watched the pilot to get a sense of story what it was about. And then I didn't watch anything else because this is the first time that my character was meeting everybody. And I, so I didn't want to have like all this knowledge about them that I wouldn't actually have in that situation. So, um, and yeah, it was like, you know, John Hanna is, some big shoes to fill. Uh, and I, I had to kind of go, that's how she feels. That's how Dr. Davy feels because everybody loved him. And now I'm coming in and I got a new agenda and they're probably not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you bring up such a, a great point and it's, it's such a terrific choice as an actor because I mean, take a show like, you know, Grey's Anatomy, for example, there's 20 years of history with that yeah. show. But if you're a new character on that show, you should also, in, in your mindset, be a new character to that world. If you're a fan coming into the show and you know the 20 years of what Meredith Grey has gone through, that could almost hurt your performance on the show because your character doesn't know 20 years yeah. of what she's gone through. Your character just met her. So yeah. I, it's such a fascinating choice to be like, no, I don't, I don't want to know what happens seasons one and two because my character doesn't know what happens seasons one and two. Exactly. So we're all going into this fresh together. I love that. Thanks. So talk, <laughs> talk to me a little bit. And I, I, I'm not saying you couldn't handle it, but mm-hmm. I think maybe, maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong, your character doesn't have to do a heavy load when it comes to the medical jargon. You have some, but it's not like you're in the operating room dictating what's happening and walking people through the actual surgery. So I feel like there was a little, you have to, you obviously have to know some, but is part of you, like a little part of you relieved to where like, you don't have to be a medical dictionary (laughs) because that's gotta be tough for actors. There's not a little part. Let me tell you, it's uh, I'm wholeheartedly relieved that I didn't have to do that stuff. <laughs> it's got to be hard. Yeah. And, and you know, early days in my career, I definitely did. Ha- I had played some, like, nerdy characters. Um, so I had to, like, memorize a lot of things that I had I really didn't understand. And I got good at it. But, oh, so much better to just say real words. Right. Okay. But you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me a little bit. There's, there's so many medical dramas and you mean, you've been on house. I just mentioned Grey's Anatomy, but there are so many medical dramas over the past, you know, Mm -hmm. 10, 15 years. And even currently, if you look at the primetime landscape, there's, there's so many out there. Kind of tell me in your opinion, what differentiates transplant from the other plethora of medical dramas in the same space. Hmm. 
I'm not a medical drama expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel like the fact that it centers around um, a character who is a transplant in, mm-hmm. uh, from one country into another, and that is really about um, belonging and not belonging and forging a new path, that's unique to our show. Um, that immigrant story. And um, and I also think, I'd like to think that, you know, the fact that we've had so many medical consultants and we try to stay really true to um, the kinds of things that people actually would say in those environments. I know it's like, we still have to Hollywood it, but. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, but I, I, I've been told from some of my friends who watch a lot of medical dramas that were actually quite good on that front. <laughs> there are definitely some other ones out there that I know for a fact, uh, people in the medical field do not watch cause they, they just can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, season three is wrapping up on February 9th, which is not that far off uh, without giving away too much. I'm not, I'm not going to put you in that spot. I uh, okay. kind of wrap up, what you think fans can look forward to as season three closes out? Mm. Well, I think you can look forward to some very high drama, which is, we always Uh, like to hear that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Some things, things get really ramped up and um, people that they have grown to love are going to be in dangerous situations like it, love yeah. it, got it. <laughs> and um, there's going to be a lot of um, things get fast, things okay. get quick. You got to watch your back. <laughs> All right. I, hey, I, I'm invested. We got people in danger. Things are speeding up. I like what I hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit where else can we see you aside from transplant? Where else can we see you? What other future projects do you have coming up? Oh, um, well, I don't think I'm allowed to talk about it, but I'm currently in a hotel room in Albuquerque shooting a thing. Hey, I love a thing. So, uh, um, yeah, that that'll be fun. It's a it's a fun show. I'll I'll say that it's on Fox and okay. um, and on HBO Max, I believe. Uh, there we go. And it's it's very hot drama. Okay, she's doing a thing in Albuquerque, and I'm very excited to eventually find out what that thing is. Great. Um, what else can I tell you? I think everything else is already aired. So yeah, this is it. All right. Sounds good. Uh, I really appreciate you taking time to come join me today and have a little conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. You're lovely.